Welcome to Awakening Brilliance, a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of high achieving women and the topics that inspire and empower women to boldly step out in their brilliance. I'm your host, Victoria Baylor, and I am a mindset and clarity coach who's passionate about helping entrepreneurial and professional women gain the clarity and confidence to monetize their brilliance and achieve their bold visions and dreams. Please be sure to share and hit the subscribe buttons so you don't miss out on our bi-weekly podcasts. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Um, This is Victoria Baylor, and you have found yourself at Awakening Brilliance Podcast. Um, It's our bi-weekly podcast geared at highlighting the amazing, brilliant women that are out there, like moving and shaping and, you know, inspiring other women to be great. And today's show is no different. I am super excited to have this wonderful lady that's in-house. And if you aren't watching via video, if you're catching the audio recording, then I have none other than the lovely and gracious LVM in the Zoom building, we'll call it. (laughs) (laughs) LV, we are excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. It's, It's what, third time's the charm. Every time, look, El- LB and I, we kind of have our little insider joke, uh, get a little bit across, while well, I joke with LB, I was like, you know you've arrived when, you know, you have to like double check your schedule. And right. kind of, we both had a little moment where we like, just kind of, our schedule just didn't work out in our heads and it didn't make it to our phones or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But it's great to have that kind of um, revolving interactions and business to kind of keep you moving. Absolutely. Um, and I know that's the case for you, LB. Things have been moving and shaking a lot for you, right? Yes. Yes, it has. It's been, um, I didn't think it was going to end up like this, but, but I'm, I'm happy about it. But I am, I am a little like, oh, this is, this is what being busy actually looks like. Okay. <laughs> so, and she is speaking the truth, y'all. LB is a bit of a, um, She's a, you know, she's, I wouldn't, I was gonna say she's just shy of like some big movie star. She's up there, y'all. She is all <laughs> in place. If anybody knows LV, she's been in Essence Magazine. She is a local hometown hero here in Savannah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, of course, I was trying to create a little bit of mystery. Uh, we're gonna jump right in and introduce LV to some of you that are new to her. And then we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of the show, which is if you followed Awakening Brilliance, you know the show is completely dedicated to empowering women, helping women see their own unique brilliance, helping ignite each other's brilliance, because God knows we need each other, mm-hmm. and then just walk away feeling empowered and just out to just achieve those big dreams and goals. So I'm going to let our sp- special guest, I'm going to get it out today, our special guest, <laughs> LB, introduce herself, and then we're going to get a little bit deeper into her story and all that. Okay, well, um, I am LB Elm. I am hailed from Pontiac, Michigan, right behind the Silver Dome. Um, I am a Army brat. I'm an Air Force veteran, a SCAD alum, a Howard University alum. Um, and now I've kind of ventured and created, you know, um, a new business, a uh, coffee house and artisan marketplace called the culturist union and we'll be opening up pretty soon so i'm excited about that 
Well, Alvi, you have a lot to be excited about. <laughs> I, and I think what's most powerful about that, and of course I mean this out of the sincerity of my heart is that one thing I've always admired about you is that your, your drive isn't so much about yourself. It really is geared toward bringing opportunities and connectivity amongst individuals. And I think that's a very unselfish act. And I think that's tremendous to be a conduit of that kind of change. Um, we're gonna actually jump in a little bit and just kind of, I'm curious, like, where did that come from? Because you were just, you really are, just the concept of your coffee house is about just bringing people together. Where does that come from for you? You know, I really, I don't, I don't know, right? To be quite honest with you, but I, if I was to, to guess, it would probably be my great grandmother. Um, she helped raise me up until I was about seven years old. My mom got married to my stepdad and we moved. But I think it was just kind of embedded in me. It wasn't taught. No one said, hey, you need to support your community or you need to be a good neighbor. Or you need to be a good steward of people. I think it was just shown um, in her actions. She was a mother of a church. She um, worked at a group home for foster children. She, um, she was the neighborhood grandmother, you know, everybody came to the house and ate and there was, I felt like our, our home was a motel because I just remember different people coming and I'm like, oh, well, who are you and who are you? So it was always cousins such and such and uncles such and such, you know, stopping by or living there for a few days or whatever. And so I think it was just, you know, taking care of people and it wasn't, um, showboaty or it wasn't, you know, um, you know, I know people take care of people in a, in a selfish way sometimes, but it was, it was just like, there's a problem that needs to be solved and I'm going to solve it. And I kind of feel like that's what it is for TCU too. Like there's a problem that needs to be solved. And so I'm going to try my best to solve it. And we're going to get more into that because I there's yeah. so many good nuggets in all of this. But I, for some reason, I just had a sporadic thought and I want to, if you would just oblige me, okay. um, I want you, if you can, I don't know, I just thought of this thought of transporting. Imagine TCU all finished. Imagine mm -hmm. you're in there and you're just watching your droves of people come in, sit down with their coffee, pull out their laptops, um, occupy the other spaces okay. there buy their coffee, you're walking past people's wares and the things that they're selling. What would LB, what, how, how would your heart feel like in that moment? What would be going through your mind as you're actually looking at your dream materialized? Um, there would probably be a sense of pride, uh, obviously, but then just the way that I am, I would probably try to figure out how could I multiply this? Like, how could I, how could I spread this out a little bit? What's my next thing, you know? Like, okay, this is great. I'm happy, I'm fulfilled, my heart. Now what, what else needs to be done? So how can other people feel this way too? So that would probably be the thoughts that's running through my head. Gosh, I was so curious about it. And you said exactly what I thought, <laughs> which is, Again, which is just that goodness that keeps on giving. And I think that is so amazing because that kind of, that takes a special type of personality and a special type of person that can always see, because you've had, you've encountered a lot of obstacles just to try to even get to this point, correct? 
Oh yeah. Just oh. a few there? Just a couple, just a smidgen, you know. <laughs> One thing, and you know, not to put you on the spot to get in, yeah. in for that, you can obviously comment what you want, but I think one of the most important things to our listeners is, is that like, how do you get hit sometimes with what feels like a sledgehammer and then get back up and keep going and then possibly get hit a few more times? Like, how do you develop that type of resilience? You know, um... I probably credit all of that to my military experience, to be honest. I, I wasn't, I didn't always have the best um, NCOs when I was in the military. I wasn't always the best airman um, when I was in the military. And there was a lot of obstacles for me. Um, my personality didn't mesh well sometimes, um, you know, me being vocal, I didn't know as much. So I think I kind of got hit hard in my military career. So now when I'm hit with things, it, it's not as impactful to me as it was before. I kind of feel like I was prepped for this. Um, I think my childhood, my, my parents are very stoic people. Um, they laugh, they joke, but, but they mean business. And I think that that kind of you don't get to wallow like you're not allowed to wallow you're not allowed to be um to be hit hard and just stay down like you you get a day i'm gonna let you take a nap obviously you you going through some things and then in the morning you tighten up like that's it so it's always if i'm if i have been hit and if it is a bad day i give myself a day and then and then we got to get back to it that's tremendous discipline. Yeah. That, I mean, it really is, you know, if we're real about it and I'm sure yeah. this, when you're on, you're having a pity party. I mean, you want that to be kind of like the way they celebrate uh, weddings in India. You, want yeah. two weeks long, you know what I mean? Like, you do. And I mean, I got hit probably, I'm not going to lie to you. Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday, I got hit with a blow, like hard blow. And Thursday, I didn't know if I was going to make it. I was at a bi-local luncheon and I felt like tears were in the back of my eyes the entire day or the entire time. There was another thing that I had to go to. And then after that, you know, it just kept happening. Um, it just kept happening. And so it got to the point where I, I told a friend of mine, I said, okay, I have to go home. Like, I can't make the next thing. I'll see you tomorrow. And so I got home around 6 p.m. I said, okay, by, by noon, we're going to be okay. And so I woke up the next day and I wrote in my journal and then, you know, I said, okay, well, the past is the past. We can't, we can't do anything about it. Let's, let's shake it off and get to it. So, you know, hallmarks of a brilliant woman. I love it. You said so many things without having to actually say them, but I think they're so important to highlight. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll highlight them if it's okay. I love that. Give yourself time. And I love the grace yeah. of yourself. You're like, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> just do what we need to do in a 24-hour period. Um, the journal writing to just that, being able to just kind of have that catharsis. Yeah, that release. Yeah, that is amazing. Are you, have you been journaling? Are you a longtime journaler or? I am. I've been journaling since I was little. Um, I don't journal every day. I'm not, I'm not disciplined in that way, but I do journal when it feels overwhelming and I need to purge. Okay. 
I love that you say that because I can't journal everything <laughs> myself. I'm not, I'm an introvert. So I keep a lot of it revolving in my head, mm-hmm. but if it's too much, that's when I feel like it's, it needs to come out. And I love that. Right. You say that. Um, I think that gives women options because you know how we are. If we like, we fail at something, quote unquote, I have quotations up y'all. We failed at journaling. Right. Like that's a, a college course or something. I um, wish that I could be one of those. Sometimes I, I do. I wish that I could be one of those like structured, disciplined women who wake up and they meditate and they do their journal and they do yoga and then they eat their, you know, fruit smoothie and then they, you know, do what I do. No, <laughs> that's not my life at all. Like I wish it's not. <laughs> you know, and I love that. I think, so forgive me, you know, you, part of my, yes. I'm a mindset and clarity coach, so it's going to come out, but I love hearing women say that too. Like the, you know, okay, I wish, and this would sound nice, but it's not me. No. I love, because knowing yourself is the greatest gift and, and it's the hardest thing to come to an understanding of, but when you get there, it's actually more liberating. Cause can you imagine I know I would hate it if someone made me get up and journal every single day. I had this for breakfast and I like, I would want to, I wouldn't even know what to talk about. Like I would be like, I've already consulted with myself about that yesterday. Why am I journaling today? Like I've already, you know, there's certain things that I can do in my head that I'm like, okay, we're good. Like, why would I take the time to jot it down? It's not that it's not crucial. Yeah. You did point. So, right. So I think what we've heard so far from your story is, man, you've done the inner work from the understanding kind of like, you know, that one of the things you said that I'm going to cut myself off with the military experience and kind of going through that. And that wasn't easy. I just imagine, you know, you have a, a rock or a stone and it usually has sharp edges, but sometimes when things get kicked around enough, it starts to smooth out. Do you feel like the... Oh, yeah. I'm not the same LB that I was when I joined the military at 17. I'm certainly not the same LB I was at 25. I don't even think I'm the same LB that I was at 30. You know, I think every year there's a little bit of... um, Uh, I don't even, wisdom that gets added to me. Um, I I polish myself a little bit. I become more of who I want to become, you know? I get a little bit more assertive, um, but I also get a little bit more tempered in my tone, in my temperature, how I respond to things. I don't take things as personal. I think I've done, I think what I've done is, I don't necessarily want to say that I've figured out who I am, but I definitely have figured out who I am in respect to other people and that I don't have to take on other people's image of me or I don't have to take on other people's you know, perception of me. And if people feel offended or upset by anything, I, I've recognized that that's usually a them problem and not a me problem. And I think that's what I've gotten most good at is determining what problems demand my attention, what problems are not even for me and what problems I can, you know, I can tackle later on, like put them on hold. Oh my gosh, that is a fabulous gift, especially given that so many women ruminate 
you know, uh -huh. be the right thing, to come off right. And then a lot, a lot of the mindset issues and challenges, it's really hard sometimes for women to compartmentalize like that and to realize that, okay, this is only what I'm responsible for, my only focus. I think that's tremendous that you can do that. That, that really is. But it came um, from mentors, other women telling me, other women, you know, I like to call them aunties or big sisters that have really been truth speakers to me. I, I despise being in situations where people want to be too nice and they don't want to correct or correct in love because I need that for myself. So I love it when I have an auntie that says, okay, come here, lean in. We're not, <laughs> we're not doing that, you know, or we're not going to, that's not what we do, or that's not how we behave, or that's not, you know, and it's not chastising me as a child. It's, it's correcting me in love. And I think that that has helped me navigate, you know, life today. Yeah, I can say definitely, and I mean this as a compliment, your openness and awareness, you know, that's like half the battle. And I think oftentimes people don't know how to have that kind. I think sometimes when you take that type of correction or any kind of guidance, some women will feel like, okay, well, I don't want them to think I don't have. So then the defensive walls come up. Mm -hmm. But having a strong sense of self enough to say, okay, I know I'm pretty good at some stuff. And then there's some stuff I'm like a little rough around the edges. I mean, I, like I like to say, mm -hmm. a little bit of a hot mess sometimes. <laughs> not, not um, but then having a, like a good temperament about that. And I think that says, I, I don't know. I think your thoughts, can women be their own worst enemy when it comes to the way they see themselves and the way they even assess their growth? Absolutely. I, I, I've, I've noticed it a lot, um, especially women who are um, entrepreneurs or working women with children and families. They, I don't know, I don't know what Disney did to us. <laughs> I don't want to blame it solely on Disney. <laughs> but I don't know where we get this idea of perfection and or we have to maintain some sort of status quo because it's not um, first of all, it's not sustainable and it's, it's not truthful and other people can see it and recognize it. And then that's when these walls come up because you're not being vulnerable. So I can't be vulnerable and you're not being trustworthy. So I can't be trustworthy. And then now we have all these communication and, you know, issues surrounding that. And so it's just kind of, for me, it's like, if I can learn how to take criticism and self-correct um, or reconcile in myself that I don't need to self-correct, then I will be okay. And then I can move forward with who I'm going to become after that correction has been told to me. You made a very deep, first of all, excellent advice. Being able, <laughs> well, having the wisdom to know yeah. that. I mean, it's real talk and, you know, having a strong enough sense of self that there can be an earthquake that happens around you, you don't fall apart with everything else falling apart. Um, something you said that really stands out, it kind of leads to the next question. Yeah. Um, so having this sense of yourself, knowing after you then kind of went through your checklist, okay, is it me? Is it this and that? What do I need to kind of assess mm -hmm. and just, you know, make adjustments with? I think one of your strongest at least the characteristics, I, one of the strongest characteristics I admire about you is your, um, what is it? 
your ability, oh, I'm trying to think of the word, your persistence, but also like, you know how to lean in, chick. Like with, and it, I mean, it comes from, it's, it's a persistence, I think oftentimes it evades women. I, have, I don't have a problem telling on myself, like I'll be the person that'll knock on the door, you know, but then you're like, I mean, you'll knock again and you might knock a little bit harder, but you're like, I don't want to bang the door because what if, but then you're like the chick that's like, wait, hold on a second. Let me like back up four steps and let me just ram the door. <laughs> Maybe they didn't hear me the first time. I love it though. I think that's the kind of persistence that, because doors just don't open for us. What would you say to that? What would you say to that woman that sometimes can be a little bit hesitant in knocking on those doors and knocking them down sometimes? So I used to be the woman who was like, oh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't. Or if they knew me, you know, if they wanted me to have it, they would give it to me or whatever I used to tell myself. But then I realized that nobody is taking anything from you or nobody is deliberately holding anything from you. The reason why you don't have what you want is because you didn't go out and get it. Yeah. You know, the reason why you don't have the things that you have or the reason why people aren't flocking to you is because of it's a you problem and it's not a bad thing. You just have to figure out what that issue is and, and you know, and fix it. And so for me, I said, OK, if if I don't have money, if I don't have social capital, if I don't have, you know, the things that I feel like I need, then obviously I need to get a community because, because people make noise, right? If I have, if I have, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the clean, gets the, you know, the oil or whatever you, you say, but I know a lot of people making noise is a lot, you know, um, more significant than just one person. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've decided to do. I said, okay, Everybody needs to know about my mission and everybody needs to know about my dream so I can make it happen. And the more people I get on board, the better and easier and bigger it'll be. And so that's just my mission, honestly. I mean, what I love most about that part is, and again, and, I, and I'm touching on these subjects because I know the, the type of woman in my audience and I also know with the type of woman I work with is, they don't know, sometimes there's barriers to get into that place um, and really finding their voice and being okay with share, sharing it or really even understanding an identity and what they bring that's of so much value. But one of the things that I think that's so important that I would love to know how you did it for yourself is, it's really about having the vision and being so sold on it yourself that you can share it. Did you ever go through a point where that vision wasn't fully formulated and it was kind of like skating a little bit on thin ice? You're like, wait, I'm not sure. Is it going to fall through? Is that? And if so, how did you get to a place where you locked that thing in hard and start sharing it with everyone? So I didn't wait until it was locked in. It's still not locked in. Um, when I first started TCU, I thought it was going to be a women's only co-working space. And then it changed to a um, exclusively black women's co-working space. And then it changed to a co-working space. And then it changed into a cultural hub, which I still don't really know what the definition of that means, but I told myself that's what it was. Then it changed to an online platform. And then it changed to, I was like, maybe I'll just do events, you know, and I'll just kind of be a networking thing. And then it changed into a, a coffee house. Like I didn't wait 
until I figured out, because if you wait until you figure out what it is, then you're wait, you're way too late. You know, you've, you've missed your, your mark. Right. And then people don't get to grow with you and, and attach themselves to you and see the changes. And it's almost like having a baby, like you can't control what's going to happen to your vision. You just have to, you know, stay hold of what you want. The last thing I would say is because it's not about me, because what I want to do helps in, in so many women have the exact same thing, whatever they want to do in life most likely impacts masses of people. No one is in a silo thinking that this one thing is going to just help you. And so when I realized that it's selfish of me to keep it to myself, it's selfish of me to um, not share this idea with other people. It's selfish of me to try to do it by myself and not make it as impactful as it or or done right because I can't do everything. Then I realized that I have I don't have a choice but to share it because it doesn't belong to me. It's just I'm just helping propel this mission forward, but it doesn't have anything to do with me per se. It's bigger than me. Mm. <laughs> one of those drop the mic moments um <laughs> no and it you know it's so i love your insights with this and i love that and i think it's so important for women to see especially again women that are out there doing it like and I, people always like to say doing it fearlessly i was like that's a lie because people that's are, a know, lie. oh my god <laughs> i said we just we just take fear along with us it's just right. things and you just learn to ignore it and be like give it a hand and but um the shift in perspective is everything and I love what you said is, okay, this is, you know, I'm nurturing this baby, but this is really isn't all about me. I'm not going to wait till it's a teenager before I start showing it off to everybody. I'm like, look, here it is. It's right. Don't really know what it is just yet. <laughs> We're figuring it out. Yeah. Oh, right. I think we're figuring it out. That feels like a lot less pressure. It is. It is a lot less pressure. And honestly, there are times when I get really afraid of something and I'm not going to lie to you I don't do that thing that scares me what I will do is I'll I'll lean on my support so for a while I would be afraid to like we were campaigning we were crowdfunding um we were trying to raise ten thousand dollars and it was very I was very very afraid of sending out those messages to people asking for money or asking for support and so what I did was I asked one of my dear friends, I said, listen, here's my Facebook username and password. Will you send these out for me? And lunch and dinner is on me. Drinks are on me forever. And she was like, yeah, because she doesn't have the emotional attachment to it. So it doesn't mean as much to her. And it got done. The task got done and I didn't have to <laughs> do it. Like there are things that I will do. I'm like, okay, as long as the task gets done, it doesn't matter how it gets done. So that's what I did. <laughs> uh, we will have to have you on the second show. Like in a few went the everything's launched, probably live from the TC. Right. <laughs> if you haven't taken your jet and you're not in California now by that time. You know, but I received that because I, <laughs> I feel like I, I need a jet. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm throwing that out there to you. So uh, I can see that happening. But the, the wealth of wisdom, and I, I hope for the women listening today, as of course, as we start to wrap up, 
I mean, you said something so monumental, you know, when I'm coaching women and helping them try to slant and take a different view of their situation, Mm -hmm. half of the issue is getting them to relieve themselves of this sense of duty that is all on me, or if I'm not all sold and in it, or if I'm not 100% confident, I was like, you know how many people launch stuff? They have no idea what they're doing. Not saying that we're not advocating for people to actively do anything, but what we're saying and what LB is so, I mean, brilliantly demonstrating is that, you know, leverage your support, know what needs to get done, face the fear and move past it. That was actually going to be my question. Like what kind of unnerves you? And you're like, well, this is what it is. You just came out with it. And I think even being able to vocalize that as women is so powerful to relieve the burden of it. Right. Um, So thank you so much for giving, I feel like this, even in this short broadcast that you've been able to like release some tension for women and I would love their feedback. So if you want to leave a comment. Yeah, please. You know, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, I, I, cause I, I get, sometimes I get um, discouraged when I'll see, you know, podcasts or videos and the woman, you know, the women that they're interviewing comes off like they have it all together and they know all the things. I don't know half of the things that I'm, I don't know anything, to be honest with you. Like there's so much, especially going into this, opening up this coffee house that I just, I don't know. But the thing that I don't allow myself to do is I don't allow myself to think because the second that I think, I'll have an over, overwhelming sense of fear. Um, I'll start doubting myself. I'll start doubting my vision or my mission. And I will, um, I'll overthink myself into no movement or no action at all. And so what I've challenged myself to do is to not think at all. I make a decision and we move on. Like, I just, I don't give myself an opportunity. If I have to make a phone call, I don't go, well, what if they don't like it or whatever? I just call, you know, like I just do. I don't think I just do. And I don't know, that's helped me um, because it's taken a lot of the the me out of it. There is nothing else to do but to act. And I mean, the act is where the confidence comes from. Right. So by taking the step and then the step, you know, and then not being so committed to the outcome. I think the thing we need to celebrate as women is that we took the doggone step. Yes. And regardless, regardless if you do it or you don't do it, you're going to have to get to your next moment. You're still living and breathing. So you might as well see what, like, you're going to have problems. You're going to have things. You're going to have life. So you might as well do what you want to do because life is going to still, you know, be here for the living anyway. And again, such a healthy way. Of it. I mean, it really is such a healthy way. And it's, uh, you know, when you're stuck in your mindset, and again, I do a lot of coaching around that. And, you know, I, I spent years myself stuck there. Mm-hmm. Paralysis and analysis, overanalyzing things. And, you know, for some people, your greatest, I tell my clients all the time, your greatest strength can become your greatest weakness. And you got to watch it. Whatever you're really good at becomes, it'll take a turn on you. Right. Um, but I like that sense because I love looking at Sarah Blakely, you know, obviously the, um, mm-hmm. the owner of Tanks and what she did and mm-hmm. how her dad normalized failing. Like, you know, how many times did y'all fail this week? And she was like, that's an odd question. And, you know, but for her dad, he helped normalize it so that for her, she started to translate failure as not trying, not the act. Right. So, um, 
pretty amazing. So, so many good nuggets. I encourage anybody that's listening to this and you said some stuff that kind of like hit home. I was like, oh Lord, I need to go think about some things and journal for <laughs> 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 myself. Um, so thank you for that inspiration. I love gleaning wisdom off of uh, amazing women such as yourself. I will leave last session or seconds open for you. If you want to share where people can connect with you, where they can find you at, please feel free. Absolutely. So you can always find um, and connect with the Culturist Union at the Culturist Union on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, You can find me on there. If you message me, I'll most likely be the one that's messaging you back. Um, When we open at the end of summer, we would love for you to stop by and have a cup of joe with us at 702 MLK Boulevard. Um, And so just please watch along. The journey is happening. We break ground next week on our construction and just a few weeks later we'll be open. So I appreciate everybody just coming along, I appreciate you coming along the journey and believing and sharing and being excited. It keeps me going. You know, when I have fears, I think about everyone else that's rooting for me. And it, and it's, it's you know, it, it keeps me motivated. I can't help but think back to the time we met and I was on a panel and you were um, presenting and just seeing your zest and your energy and fire and you giving birth to this baby. And what I want to say to you is thank you for passing your baby around because everybody loves the look of your baby. We love that we get to take oh. with you. I mean that. And you're absolutely right. That makes it so much more personal. Yeah. This isn't just what you're doing as that wasn't your intention anyway, but we feel your heart. So thank you for sharing that with us and your wisdom on this broadcast. Thank you. Um, and everyone, thank you for tuning in. Of course, be sure to catch future episodes and go check out Miss Elby. She is one to watch and stalk. Well, I don't want to say stalk because I'm going to put it out. <laughs> special people. <laughs> right, don't, don't stalk don't her. Um, but we'll see you next time. All right. Bye.